Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat. This is the companion show to our podcast, Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm joined each week by my friend, Kathy. On this show, we talk about psychology and true crime and TV and movies and whatever else comes up. It's a bit looser. So hang out and welcome to Shrink Chat. Hi, everybody. This is Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. Wow. What? Well, I mean, we just had some horrendous stuff pull up. You know, sometimes when you're doing a search and then it surprises you and something that not even near what you were looking for pops up. <laughs> we won't say what it was we or maybe Kathy what it was. will. I don't no, know. I don't think it's necessary. No. And, and, you know, very offensive. Yeah. So that's, that's the point. We were, uh, I was, <laughs> we were both searching for a description of a book that we're both reading. So one of the things that we did for our patrons on discord is start a book club. Now, I, I did actually a book. We've done two books in the book club already. And so this will be the third one. And um, what's going to happen is we're already reading it. When this airs, we will have already read a bunch of it. But what we're going to do is we'll have a live discussion, certainly when the book is over. I'm open to weekly discussions with our patrons. It just depends on who, availability and who shows up. But at the end of the book, when we've all read it, then we will definitely do like... For our patrons on Discord, we'll do like a voice chat or whatever about the book. Like book club, man. Got I'm, a, I'm liking it so far. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm really early on. I'm, I'm like exactly where we're supposed to be. Yeah, we're really early on with it right now. But I'm um, taking it on my trip. I'm going to read the whole thing on the plane. Right on. Yeah. And so, uh, but what we will do is a couple of weeks after we've um, given our patrons what we promised and discussion, live discussion, et cetera, we will talk about the book on, on Shrink Chat as well. So what I wanted to do is give the listeners who are not patrons of ours, uh, who obviously won't be able to talk to us directly about the book, but, you know, at least if you would like to read along go for it because we are going to discuss it and uh, spoil it, etc. right around the middle of April, probably the April 16th shrink chat show. So the book is named horror star horror store. Sorry. We keep butchering that. And what I pulled up wasn't even close to that. Right. By Grady Hendricks. And, Unfortunately, sometimes when you search for it, offensive things come up. <laughs> that did not come up for me when I searched it. And it so. didn't even, I mean, but it didn't even start with an H. Okay. So then I immediately blamed Kathy for what her search I history. Searching? I was like, what have you been searching that that would come up with Definitely the book? Definitely not that. Okay, cool. Uh, so... This is from the New York Times bestselling author of the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires comes a hilarious and terrifying haunted house story in a thoroughly contemporary setting, a furniture superstore. So what you look when you look at the book cover and also a lot of the graphics like inside and some of the structure of the book, it looks like an Ikea catalog. And that was very intentional because it's a haunted house story that takes place in a furniture store or a horror store. Huh. It's horror comedy, you know, paranormal, suspense, thriller, gothic horror, etc. It was suggested by one of our patrons whose name is Pepper on the Discord. Has Pepper so, read the whole thing yet or she just saw it and she was I don't like, actually know. Okay. I don't know. We'll find out when we all discuss it at the end. She'll participate in that. That's fun so far. But yeah, it's fun. It's it's uh it's an easy breezy we read like the chapters are short and it moves along and so far so good and I believe that it is meant to have like be funny and then slowly sort of slowly start into 
horror, you know, like yeah. bad things happen. So exciting. If you want to read along and then when we have our final discussion, you know, comment on social media, et cetera, I'm sure when we get there, we'll post something about, you know, on Instagram, you know, we finished, tell us what you thought or what have you. Mm-hmm. So if you want to follow along and not communicate with us at all, that's fine too. But also know that we're going to discuss it later. So that's cool. You know, the other fun thing, I'm not even sure Kathy knows this yet, but tell me we, <laughs> We passed 100,000 downloads, Woo-hoo! you know, so uh, we just had our 200th episode. Um, I was 90,000 of those. Yes. That was all you. Yes. And I'm obsessed with us. Four of your friends. Mm-hmm. Just like hammering that button. Yeah. Slamming that button. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think it was. I think there were other people. I think so too. And we appreciate you, other people, our listeners, a heck of a lot. Because otherwise, it's just Kathy and I talking to each other, which although very good for both of us and the reason why we started this whole damn yeah. thing, um, we, we like to have interactions with you all and and provide some entertainment. That's a true story. And you know what? One of the things that is pure entertainment in our world is a little segment we like to call... <laughs> no idea what you said there. Horror Facts with Kath. Okay. Cool. This is like storytelling time. I'm so excited. Number one. There's only four facts in this one. Okay. Thank you for that. Because only I would have been waiting There's for the Usually fifth. five. There's you know what's four. so funny right before you start? Um, Blue, who's one of our patrons, mm-hmm. she listened to Friday's episode. It was last Friday's episode, which I don't even remember which one that was. And she posted it on our Discord. Horror facts with Kath success for Shannon because it was like <laughs> one of the you did. weeks that I got it. Do you remember? I'll tell you which I one it was. I just love that like that's noteworthy. Like yeah. you got it. Yay. But I mean, oh, it was Twin Peaks. I love her. Yeah, it was a few weeks ago for this recording of Shrink Chat. It was a few weeks ago. But um, we- <laughs> I really appreciate you, Blue. I appreciate that you uh, gave me the shout out for that. You know, someone's paying attention. She deserves it. Someone pays attention to my success. She was pretty happy and excited about her uh, birthday t-shirt as well. She got a I'm so glad. birthday t-shirt Yay. from her fr- a friend. So FYI, we have t-shirts <laughs> and a friend of hers contacted us and bought her a Terror Talk t-shirt for her I'm birthday. I'm so glad I got there in time. Yeah. Uh, me too. <laughs> Good job, Kathy. You're welcome. Well done. What are your four horror facts? To Number torment? one. This movie is based on the novel, The Midwitch Cuckoos. Okay. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, you know it, don't you? Number <laughs> two. In later interviews, one of the female leads felt the screenplay was misogynistic as the women who bared a lot of children had very little screen time. Number three, there's only four facts because if you don't get it by three, you're probably not getting it. Mm. For close-ups, the ch- I can't even say this with a straight face, but I did <laughs> share this with my class the other night. Oh, okay, cool. For close-ups, the children had their heads cramped, excuse me, clamped to ensure they were entirely still. No. They actually clamped the children's heads to make yeah, them Yeah, so still. it's an older movie. Mm, yes, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> no, we don't do that We're not kind of doing thing. that to animals anymore. Thank goodness. And number four, in the original novel, there were 60 alien children. The film whittled it down to 12. 
I don't know, like a Children of the Corn or something like that. Village of the Damned. Oh, yes. That was going to. They clamped their heads. Oh, my God. Gross. And so here's another fact that I don't have on there. Yeah. They. To so, make, you had to, you, so you did have five. I did have five, <laughs> but I thought this one may have... Uh, well, I ran out of room because I write these two. <laughs> they they had padding in their wigs oh, to like make yeah. them... They had big heads. They had huge heads. I haven't watched Village of the Damned in a long time. In the original, they redid it with Christopher Reeve and I think like Kirstie Alley or something oh, in like the Lord. 90s. But the, and I remember I was working in the theater when that came out, but the original black and white one is terrifying. Yeah, no, for sure. And the, the that's why actor. I'm like, I may have made those actors up. Hold on a minute. Not made them up, but well, assigned we were, them. Well, we were talking about creepy kids on the uh, Irish horror episode this week. And so, yes, we were. This is definitely in my letterbox list of creepy kids movies. Village of the Damned is up there kind of with the omen. Yeah, and they redid other. it in 1995. And it was in col- Yeah, I'm not making it up. Christopher Reeve and Kirstie Alley. <laughs> John Carpenter did it. That's a 90s dream team right there. not good. <laughs> no. No. Meredith Salinger, who was Journey and Addie Gann. She was the <laughs> girl in that. I loved that movie. Anyway, we're going on and on about Village of the Dam, but they clamped the kids' heads. That's your takeaway. Yeah. From your trivia. <sighs> Creepy movie. I'm, I'm just thinking like there's an older movie I'm going to talk about today, like of the movies that we watched. I did pick one of the, an older one. I'm thinking like, I try to mix it up and have yeah, some you older ones. Do the newer ones. Yeah, I, I, I do. And, um, but I also have other, you know, luckily I have other people in my world that, that throw in some old stuff sometimes. So it's good. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Um, I did want to mention a little piece of news that was in line or in keeping with a recent episode of ours. Cool. Uh, the upcoming book, Hannibal for Dinner, oh, contains essays about America's favorite TV cannibal. So... Yeah, even though it only lasted for three seasons, they're kind of doing a book here. It's called Hannibal for Dinner uh, to celebrate the legacy and, you know, (laughs) go forward. It's called, technically, Hannibal for Dinner, Essays on America's Favorite Cannibal on Television. And the book is a delectable taster for general audiences and academics alike. Great for dinnertime conversations of all types. Now, when I first saw this... Uh, article i thought oh a cookbook mm-hmm. <laughs> a cannibal cookbook but no we did talk about a cannibal cookbook. i know we did i don't think that's what this is this is not that no but it's a clever title and the cover of the book has like what looks like a bloody heart as a piece of chicken kind of on a sweet on a plate uh but there it's interviews and academic essays exploring the hannibal franchise its evolution uh, it's bold risks, it's mythology, the culture of killers. So we just did an episode on Hannibal, that universe. And then I saw this about the book. So when the book comes out, I definitely want to revisit that topic, at least on Shrink Chat, because that okay. would be a nice yeah. addition mm-hmm. to our dealio. Uh, we did a buddy watch. We did. The movie that we buddy watched is called Lucky. And... Yeah, it's a 2020 horror mystery and thriller. It's about an hour and a half, a little less. And the synopsis is a self-help book author finds herself stalked by a threatening figure who returns to her house night after night. She is forced to take matters into her own hands when she can't get help from those around her. 
I think I watched three or four movies, not, not intentionally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched the movies intentionally. <laughs> um, they you just were strapped on me. They didn't have clamps on your head. They clamped me down. <laughs> I watched uh, a handful of films over these last couple of weeks. M- many with the theme around either violence against women, um, sort of women empowerment. I, I think we're seeing this a lot more in horror. I really appreciated this film. Oh, I'm glad. I really liked it. And I thought that it just draw, drew more attention to, um, I don't know, the double binds I guess women have in society and, and um, the victim blaming and the constant, like constantly being told that we have to go out there and like protect ourselves and, you know, it's up to us to stay safe and we always should have somebody with us because the world is it's so dangerous for us. And then all of the gaslighting and, and even, um, I don't know the way that they portrayed the abusive relationships and the people in their lot in, in this woman's life, sort of knowing what's going on, but not really wanting to talk about it because it's so taboo. There's just so much in this. It's so loaded. Yeah. I mean, the social commentary of this film is definitely the reason to watch it. I yeah. don't, it's not a, um, you know, it hasn't gotten, it's gotten very good critical reviews and just randomly like people I know in the horror community who have watched it are kind of like meh. Yeah. It's as a standalone film. It's whatever. Yeah, exactly. So I want to make that clear that I don't think, I don't necessarily think this is a great horror film, but the social commentary around of it, around it, and the reason why I think you were saying so, we had scheduled uh, every Thursday night in the Discord. I've got like a whatever, like a new film that Shutter's dropping. We sort of watch together now. <laughs> on the night we were supposed to watch Lucky together, Shutter was having a little bit of a fit and oh, okay. was not working for anyone. Okay, in any country, like we have people from different countries, and it wasn't working here, it wasn't working there, so we didn't end up getting to watch it together. Mm-hmm. But I know a bunch of people in other discords that had watched it when it first came out. I think like around October or something, um, Halloween or whatever. Anyway, um, and you know, as a group watch, eh, you know, like no, it's it's not a group watch. as a horror film. Yeah. Eh, you yeah. know, it's not fun. It's not. Uh, it's definitely social commentary, but. I think the re- one of the reasons why you wanted to do it as a buddy watch, because Kathy was like, we should have a conversation, is because of that social commentary. But I do want to mention that one of the clever things about this is that every night there's a man that comes to kill her. It's like Groundhog Day yeah. with being slaughtered. So it is it that is a clever concept. Like that would be a reason I would watch it. Um, if I didn't know anything about it, of course, that's not in any of the marketing that I saw, but like the clever idea that wasn't executed entirely well, in my opinion, is that every night this guy comes to kill her. And so you see a lot of, you know, her killing the guy to like live to the next day. Mm-hmm. It's like a groundhog, like I said, groundhog day of slashing. So I thought that was like a clever premise. Yeah. And just incredibly metaphorical, I think for, you know, our climate and everything that um, mm-hmm. we've just talked about in over the last couple of years, whether it be the me too movement or other, it, it just, it has that similar um, underpinning of 
maybe some of Jordan Peele's not not nearly as as brilliant, but that subtlety where they're using those like sociopolitical factors in a horror kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought the performance by the lead actress was really good. I liked her a lot. I'm trying to remember who she reminded me of. Her name is Bree, Bria Grant. She's actually, I think she's a, the writer of it as well. But um, I, in, yeah, it, it was that, I think the metaphor you're talking about, well, there's a lot of metaphor in this movie, but one of the metaphors that you might be alluding to is how um, like emotionally attacked you can be. Yeah. And yeah, and just the the violence against women and the trauma around it. Yeah, and she has to survive mm-hmm. it, you know, and she survives being murdered every day. And that's like a metaphor for being marginalized or put down every day, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm, this is not giving anything away, but there's a scene, you know, the, the person who is killing her each night um, which is sort of like the mind game in this whole movie. Like, what does this represent or whatever? At the end, the mask comes off. Mm-hmm. And I just liked what they did with that moment. I'm glad. Um, yeah. And I yeah. thought that that was really spoke to the whole temperature of the movie, which is this is a sort of an ongoing chronic fear and stressor and, it's something that women deal with on the daily, not getting assaulted, but right. the, you know, I don't know. But physical aggression as a metaphor for just the aggression or the victimization mm-hmm. that you can feel. Is mm-hmm. that kind of what you Yeah. Mean? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. So we watch that. Um, let's see. I, <laughs> I'm going to go old school first. Okay. I watched a film called Grizzly from 1976. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I was in the mood for, I was with others online and I was in the mood for, you know, wolves and bears and things. <laughs> you know how you get in that mood if you're a horror fan. Yeah. Like I would like a terrifying wolf bear thing. Yeah, we were. I, I mean, we were probably looking for werewolf movies, and then Grizzly happened. But I did have to do it in two sittings. <laughs> I think it was one of those where I got halfway through and fell asleep, type of thing. But anyway, this is <clears throat> old school, nineteen seventy six horror, like strict horror, ninety minutes. It's called Grizzly, so there's a big grizzly bear. A forest ranger who's played by Christopher George tries. Heavy firepower on a very big Georgia bear loose in a national park. Now, here's the thing. Bears don't usually kill people. Like, (laughs) you know, as unless they're sort of getting away with their food or whatever, unless they're intimidated, right? So this is, (laughs) no, this is definitely a horror movie because this is a bear that like seeks out killing people. In 1976, so you yeah. can imagine what that's like. <laughs> oh, God. And um, the bear in it is sort of hilarious because they obviously used a, a real bear, um, you know, to mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> hopefully they didn't clamp its head down or yeah. anything. I'm sure they did. It was 1976. Yeah, right. I'm sure they there probably were probably not great them. things yeah. for the bear. But uh, I, again, I had to do it in two settings. So I'm not going to say like you should run right out and watch this movie. But... It was funny and fun to watch this, um, but yeah, not a good movie. 
Okay. Not your, you know, house on Hannah Hill or whatever. Not your fun. And not even your like really good 70s horror film. Not not at all. This would definitely be B-movie like camp fodder. Awesome. Yeah. That sounds, <clears throat> I want to run home and watch that one tonight. Don't you? Yeah. I thought so. You like those? No, no, just kidding. He's just kidding. I do like a lot of the She's old being ones. Sargonic. I don't know whatever that word is. Sargastic. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, I watched a movie called The Dark and the Wicked. Have you seen this? I have. What We've you- actually watched that on the Discord. Okay. Um. Okay. Let me read the plot to everybody first. Luis and Michael are distant siblings who are brought back to the family farm in Texas when their father's illness, which keeps him bedridden and uncommunicative cared for by his wife and a nurse worsens their mother seems disturbed and expresses a desire for the children to leave at night. She hangs herself in the barn after cutting off her own fingers in the kitchen. So as time goes on, all this weird stuff starts to happen. Um, I overall, I mean, it's incredibly dark. It's a really heavy film. Yep. Um, I, I thought it was good. It was hard to sit through only because it was so heavy. Um, and, you know, heavy films right now in the past year and everything that we're going through sometimes can be a lot, uh, especially because there, there are, it alludes to certain, you know, mental health themes and things like that as well. So, but I thought it was well done overall. Like it's not anything that I would sit through again because of its heaviness, but I thought the performances were really good. And as a whole, I, I thought it, it did its job. I don't know. What yeah. Do, what do you I've think? actually ended up sitting through it twice mm-hmm. um, for reasons of like seeing it in a watch along on a bigger server and then hosting it for our discord people, um, our patrons on discord. So I have seen it twice now. I have to say, like, even though you see some of the stuff coming, especially in the beginning, it's still horrifying when it happens. Yeah. It's like, oh, God. Oh, she, oh, that's going to happen. Oh, fuck. And then you just can't look away. Yeah. And you're like, oh, and then it happens. Oh, Christ. So. And the end was good, too. The end was good. It's definitely got the spooky mm-hmm. atmosphere, heavy like laden with like grief and pain and fear and it's got a like a crone character in there that's mm-hmm. a um like kind of a ghost i guess and um but yeah worth a watch and not gonna watch it again no nope. unless i forget about it and someone suggests it and i'm like oh crap <laughs> it's heavy <laughs> this movie yeah. but it's heavy so but I would recommend it in a, you know, if I was making a list of like um, psychologically horrifying movies that are actually horror films as opposed to just psychologically terrifying, I would certainly put it on the list. Yeah. At least of new stuff. And I might even, you know, when we get to the, I, I might even put it on like a best of list in certain categories because I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I want to mention a movie that I had actually never heard of, and I'm so glad I've heard of it now and watched it. So our patron and friend Ice, uh, he and I were looking for a movie to watch, and he suggested this. So I thank him a lot for turning me on to this because it was really good and really good by the sense of just like fun and an an interesting gift to horror movies about aliens. Mm -hmm. 
So it's called Altered, and it's from 2006. Mystery horror, mystery thriller horror, whatever, 90 minutes long. And here is the... Um, synopsis, I guess. Forever damaged by their stint as the scientific subjects of hostile alien creatures, a trio of alien abduction survivors, Otis, Duke, and Cody, the brain trust, I might add, uh, troll the wooded site of their disappearance, heavily armed, in search of their attackers. So that's how the film sort of starts out is Mm -hmm. there's these three guys in the woods. They all have distinct personalities. One has a mullet. So that gives you an idea. Um, (laughs) Gives you an idea. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, one is sort of the good looking guy, the hero, the star of the film. And then there's like an agitator character who's funny and, you know, oppositional basically. So you got some three of those characters that all I think work well together in any story and they're in the woods and you know, they're chatting and drinking beer or whatever they're doing. And, and all of a sudden one guy's like, Oh, hold on. And like sprints off in one direction with his, you know, weapon or whatever. And he, he's like, okay. And he shoots it off and it's like this big cord goes out into the woods (laughs) and it like catches something all of a sudden you're like wait what is happening and catches something and then he's reeling it in like a fishing you know gear like a a fishing pole and he's real 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 it in and what they've done is captured an alien okay that was like running through the woods which is funny like it starts off like yeah what is happening and i was kind of giggling and laughing right so uh, after wounding a violent alien in the woods, because what you realize is this alien is, you know, uh, like just out to kill, I guess. Okay. Is what you would say. This is not like, hey, I'm an alien. <laughs> Be my friend. This is not that. It's not E.T. No. Yeah. No, no. This is, oh, you're going to catch me? Wait, let me try to kill you. And after wounding a violent alien in the woods, the three drag its dying body to the home of reclusive fellow abductee Wyatt. So you introduced a fourth person, a fourth dude, barricade themselves in and prepare for the worst. There is a female character as well. Um, that is pretty great. And another couple of, there's like a sheriff that comes by who plays a character. So (laughs) I realize this isn't a perfect movie, but I thought it was a lot of fun because mostly because when it starts out funny and gets not funny at all, but this alien is a a real character in the movie. He doesn't speak or anything. And Mm -hmm. it's definitely like a ravenous dog, but you see it full on in a bunch of scenes attacking and it's got its practical effects. And you and I, have a soft spot oh, yeah. in our heart for that. For effects, yeah. So as soon as I saw that it was all makeup and practical effects based, because there's, you know, a dude in an alien suit. Yeah. But there And you rarely see that nowadays. Yeah, and of course there's CGI on it, you know. They're they're always like giving it a little zhuzh. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean if you have that technology, why not make your aliens and your bad guys look a little bit more not like a dude in a suit. Right. But this alien's got the like teeth and it chatters and it's got this head that opens up and these wild eyeballs and it's like a full suit where you see it's like button stuff like and it gets away from them at some points and <laughs> hides and you're terrified you're like yeah. where the fuck is the alien yeah. like 
oh no and you know looking under the bed kind of shots where you're like oh it's gonna jump out at them type of thing and then one of the guys gets bit this isn't really spoilers because you know these kinds of things are gonna happen like a guy gets bit and then you know that doesn't go well no you don't want to get bit by the alien and and if you get bit then you're out you know you're so fucked if you get bit and nobody wants you nobody wants you everybody you know locked in the bathroom everyone learned that in cabin fever right (laughs) right we got rules people Mm -hmm. um honestly you know and and i said this when he suggested it hey you know there's this alien because i i think he might know that i like alien movies maybe not but um he's like hey there's this alien movie that no one no one really has watched and he's kind of surprised that it hasn't didn't get as much play in the horror community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched it and it's super fun and it would be a super fun group watch too. But I think it's a rental right now. What is it called again? It's called altered. altered. And it is available for rent on Amazon, Google play, YouTube, etc. Like you can rent it. And I wanted to mention it, one, because I had never heard of it, two, because I ended up really liking it, and three, because, you know, Ice was saying, like, he couldn't believe, like, it should get more, it should get more um, play, like, it should get more people's eyes on it, so I wanted to do my part with that. A lot of fun. So there. Is this, is this the one from, is it 2006? Yep. Okay. Yeah, it says, first solo effort as director following his co-directing on The Blair Witch. Yes, it's uh, the 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 DVD. <laughs> of course, at the very top before the title, it says "Same Guy as Blair Witch oh. Project." Because it's I like, don't know if I would have watched it if it said that. They, and it's they, not they found might, footage. Yeah, they may not want to put that on there. Well, it was his only credibility. I know. <laughs> All right, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and I get it because that is actually one thing that I said to me was, you know, it's by the guy. You know, it's by one of the people from Blair Witch, but it's not found footage. I'm yeah, like, yeah, good because I'm not in the mood for that. You have to really no. ramp, you have to really ramp me up for the found footage. Um, I watched. You know, we're you and I are reading the book, The Science of Women in Horror. There's so many good things in this book. So, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to watch Prevenge. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen it? Uh, no. Okay. So after her partner dies in a climbing accident, he was uh, cut loose by the rest of his group. Ruth, now heavily pregnant, becomes convinced that her fetus is compelling her to murder, and she tracks down the other people who were involved in the climbing accident for revenge. Um, this is. <laughs> there's so many different themes in this. First of all, I love her, uh, Alice Lowe, who also directs the film. She and she, the book that we're reading, The Science of Women in Horror, the first chapter is actually an interview with her, which is what sparked my interest in reading this. And basically the movie is, it's essentially, I mean, we're on like, well, at least I am on like a women's rights sort of (laughs) liberated themes here today, but it's really about failed femininity Mm -hmm. Um, and all of the expectations um, of being a mother and uh, what it means when you can't have children and, and or if you are having children and you're you still enjoy certain things, not murder. That's not what I'm talking about. But no. <laughs> um, there's so much dark humor, mm-hmm. but it really is like uh, in the book, Kelly, who's um, interviewing her, says dark humor can be tricky, but it's perfectly executed in prevenge. And it, Alice Lowe really does a good job at balancing out the humor, but also you can really see her distress and all of this, you know, and she, she's taking out all of these mostly men that are 
not only responsible for what happened to her husband, but just pieces of shit. Uh, and it's really interesting because the, the narrative and the, the, what is driving her is this little baby voice. That's like, you know, you want to go out and do this for me, but but I don't know. I, I think it's, I think it's, it's good. I think it falls within the same, um, genre as like Jennifer's body. It has Mm -hmm. that kind of feel to it. It's on my list. Yeah. Uh, The reason why it got on my list is because it's actually an Irish film. Yeah, it is. It goes in line with our, our week of Irishness. And she is funny. I mean, the cast is great in this. Mm -hmm. Um, I enjoyed it. Great. No, it's on my list. So I'll get to it. Maybe in the, a second block of, of Irish, her reactions to things. She has that, that Irish or British really, dry reaction to like the most ridiculous yeah it's just the best yeah one of the things that i did really enjoy is finding uh irish or and or british humor uh because i'm a huge fan of Shaun of the dead and films like that so finding that humor the humorous ones that's why we we talked about grabbers and stuff like Mm -hmm. that because i just love that I, yeah, I, I do. I know I, I you do like find, those a lot. I do. Find, I do find my humor in line I'm, with those. I've, I've mixed feelings about them, but when they're done well, I really enjoy them. Yeah, agreed. So we're going to come to the point in our show where. Oh, fact, oh no, we already did that. Oh yeah, no, no we sorry. Already did that. Yeah, I we forgot. did that. Yeah, no, sorry. I know. I realize it sounded a lot like that ramp up that I do for that. Yeah, it did. Thing. Like, did you see that was like an automatic reaction? I know, right? You're like sal- the dog saliva, yeah. whatever that is. Classical conditioning. There you go, Pavlov. Pavlov dog, and at its very finest. This is the part of the show where we're going to wrap up by uh, talking about this. For us now, I realize there's. <laughs> we just managed to watch episode four of Clarice. I realize that when you're listening to the show, it's several weeks later and there's probably more episodes, but you know, hey, bear with us. There's a lot to watch. Episode four of Clarice happened. Did. Let's chat about that. Um, I didn't mind this episode. It wasn't, it, it was, it was okay. Well, and I'm getting used to what this show is and what it isn't, right? So um, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about episodes two and three. At least I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, and sort of our, our struggle with the series and how we were expecting more. And now what we realize is that, you know, it's a it's a standard cable television show with some good characters. But it's starting to flesh out a bit. Uh, one of the things... Okay, well, what did you think of this episode? I have stuff to say. But. Um, I mean, I, th- I think that it did pull me back in a little bit. Great. I mean, like you said, I now know what it is, so I'm not expecting these. Yeah. Um, I think it gives us a little bit more history to why Krenler is, you know, giving Clarice a hard time. Mm-hmm. So we get more of the history around when she found Catherine and how she basically stole his thunder. (laughs) And, and um, yeah, it's a history episode in many ways. There's more depth. So um, Ardelia, her character becomes richer. Like they're starting to develop the characters more. Mm -hmm. That's what I found in this one. Mm -hmm. Um, Her relationship with, um, with Sean Mm-hmm. is getting deeper our understanding around Krenler. Like if you don't know the series and you don't already know his character, which I do, but this 
this is specifically his relationship with Clarice. So it's getting meatier as far as um, it's becoming in a little bit more character driven, which I appreciated. Yep. Uh, the thing I, I guess the, the bottom line of what I appreciated about this episode in the arc of a season, it wasn't like an action type of, it, no. it was definitely a character development episode. So when we look back at the 20 episodes or what have you at the end, it'll probably be not one of those ones that's like thrilling or you want to rewatch or anything. But for us watching along, super important. But what I really enjoyed is two things is one that they really tackled uh, her entitlement and I've really always felt like, although I enjoy the female heroine, there is this like backpedal of being entitled to mm-hmm. go rogue. Yes. Like as if you're so fabulous and, and all of that, that your anxiety, honestly, the yeah. anxiety of Clarice needing to press on and solve the and problem herself is incredibly narcissistic and entitled. It, absolutely. And and that's where like Ardelia's character comes in and says, I, I love you to death, but you need to check yourself. This yeah. is my problem. Yes. And that character is black. And she's Mm -hmm. like, hey, it's a diverse cast. You have a lot of privilege. And that's actually tackled in three or four different conversations. So I really like that they're bringing in that cultural piece that we are all grappling with in the world right now is that um, she's like, I don't have the opportunities you have. Why would you want to mess with my job just because right. you need what you need? Right. And it's compa- and I love how it's layered with um, a conversation that she has with her direct supervisor where he checks her too. Mm-hmm. He says they, they start to actually develop a, a collaborative bond in this episode, which we really need because that's so overdone. That whole like boss doesn't like the girl detective type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's just so old mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. boring. So they're starting to build an alignment. And the way they do that is he finally checks her. He finally says, you know what? You're all about the I and FBI is about a team. This is a team sport. You going rogue and being entitled to be like, you got, you know, it's, it's almost like when you're talking to clients and you realize that clients have cast themselves in a role and are playing out that pattern. Mm -hmm. It's like Clarice has cast herself as the agitator, the one who has to bring the truth, the one Mm -hmm. who has to say like, you know, you guys are wrong and I'm right. And she oft, she always is, which is an artifice, which would not be the truth in real life. Because as we know, the FBI has that teamwork for a reason. Mm -hmm. Like you don't just, you get killed. Mm -hmm. You don't go rogue. Yeah, no, it, it, they did um, a really good job with that. You're absolutely right. And I appreciated, um, I don't know. The cast is incredibly diverse, which I like because then they can do these sorts of episodes. But Clarice is, yeah, she is, she is very self-centered and you're right. I mean, her character has always been, um, I am just the best and I can't help it. And everyone's like, like, Oh, okay. It's like, but you can, and there's other really good people on this, but you don't give anybody else a chance. And it's all from her trauma as we know from like the Hannibal movies and stuff is it's all from her trauma of, and what we would say with a client, right? Right. Is we would be, we would be talking about how do you learn to ask for help? How do you learn to trust other people? That's right. And 
and this is the dilemma of a lot of narcissistic personalities that are um, on a spectrum that can be spoken to and talked about. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about the rigid narcissism we often talk about, but a more narcissistically oriented um, personality is you talk to them about like, how do you allow other people to not be perfect? And that's okay too. And I can imagine that in Clarice's situation, it's like, okay, so you're the best, right? Let's go with that. But also, yeah, this guy can have a great idea and Mm -hmm. this girl has a job she needs to protect and this other, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I also thought that they used, um, they actually gave Clarice's character that moment of humility. Mm -hmm. And so that's an important trajectory in the treatment with, um, a more narcissistically oriented personality is that moment where they say, and she does in this episode, um, where they say, and she cries and she says to her best friend, I'm so sorry. What can I do to fix it? She even says a line, something like that. Like, what can I do to fix it? And so you see like her take it in and say, I'm really sorry. She doesn't say, you know, everyone's right. I'm an entitled (laughs) narcissist, but, but she does say like, I don't want to hurt you. Because I do think that um, you're absolutely right. Like her narcissism does come from a place of um, anxiety and needing to prove herself and not and self-preservation like all trauma. narcissism does her, right yeah like but from her childhood traumas her, of yes, being alone that's right and and it was an eye-opening like these conversations that they're having with her is like that's great but there are other people here now and you need to check yourself i was i can tell you that in the last couple of episodes i looking back now like that was one of my issues was is like she was just this like little pest agitating yeah. everything yeah and i was getting annoyed with her character and yeah. i didn't want to yeah so uh you know bravo to the arc of whoever wrote this episode or whoever's the showrunner that is like tracking this the full story mm-hmm. because i really needed that as an audience i needed it to stop being about her being right and everyone else being wrong like that was really boring to me so hopefully this is a sign that there'll be sort of more of that and again i like procedurals so i like a case and wrapping Mm -hmm. up a case i like crime drama so Mm -hmm. if they do that fine and like you said our expectations are (laughs) yeah in line now this episode for all the reasons we just talked about um I, i might have some characters that i'm attaching to now Perfect. That are not really her. Exactly. Yeah. I like Which Sean a lot too. Great. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the guys on the team and uh, the guy from the West Wing that plays like the 10 year veteran person. Nick, Nick Sandow or. I, I, yeah. yeah. Thank you. I don't know his name. He plays but Murray. He was on the West Wing for years and he actually quit the uh, West Wing to go be uh, work on the Obama campaign. That actor. And uh so I was really happy to see him. Yeah, he's been in a bunch here. of oh, stuff. Oh, no, maybe it was House. It was House. He quit. I'm so okay. sorry. He was on House, that series House, which I loved, speaking of narcissists. And um, he quit that show uh, to go work on the Obama campaign, I believe. And so I'm just happy to see him back on TV. And he has a good, he's like the sense of humor on the team, which I really like. Yeah. So anyway, for all those reasons, we're continuing to watch. We haven't quit yet. Thanks a lot for listening. This has been an episode of Shrink Chat. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. Please check us out on our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, sleep safe.